Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to another Dating Prep Podcast. And this podcast series or book club is a very special um, 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 uh, club, uh, uh, video series, whatever you want to call it, because we're going to be talking about what are soul ties and strongholds. So if you're watching this video live, what's up, Kimberly? If you're watching this live, do me a big favor and share this broadcast out to as many people as possible. If you're watching this later or listening later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, or later on YouTube, I want to say thank you guys so much for watching. What's up, everybody? Everybody's coming in right now. And if you want to join us live, feel free to go to my YouTube channel, hit subscribe, hit the bell, or just simply join us every Thursday at 7.30. My apologies for being late, but every Thursday at 7.30, as we talk about how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. So hey, Kimberly, hey, Kiara, hey, Loki, hey, Estella, hey, Monique, hey, Michaela, hey, Brittany, want to welcome you guys all out. I'm glad you caught it, um, uh, my DB. I'm glad you caught it. And for those who are like, what's going on? We're in a book club. Uh, we're going to be reading through my book, The Purpose of Freedom. It's a book on soul ties and strongholds. And we're going to go page by page, verse by verse, point by point, and really see what God wants us to understand about um, on soul ties and strongholds. So we are right now on chapter two, page 27. So I'm going to give you guys a chance, those who have their books, to go ahead and turn to page 27. And we're going to get into the study on specifically what are soul ties, what are strongholds. And for those who are joining and never heard um, about this, feel free to subscribe, hit the bell so you can be a part of what we're doing through the book the purpose of freedom. Let's get right into the problem. And then we're going to get right into the book. Hell, I'm on, my time. I'm on time today. Oh, come on in, Natasha. We're glad to have you. Let's get right into the problem. This is outside of the book, but I'm going to read through the book because a lot of my points are actually from the chapter. But let's get right into it. The problem. Most people are tied to people, places, products, and perspectives and either don't know that they are perversely tied or if they do know, they don't know how to become free. Many people are tied to people, places, products, and perspectives, and either don't know that they are tied to them, or if they do know, they don't know how to untie themselves. So many people right now are in situations where they have the heart to be free, they just don't know the how to be free. Um, and many of us got to get to a place where we really analyze our lives and say, who are the people am I tied to? And why am I tied to them? Who are the, what are the places that I'm tied to? What are the products that I'm tied to? What are the perspectives that I'm tied to? And I got to look and ask myself, am I tied to these things in a healthy way or an unhealthy way? Let's get right into the book. For those who have their books, we're on page 27 and we're going to read um, basically the whole, not the whole chapter, but parts of it. And most of my points comes from the book. But let's get right into it. The scriptures that we're going to be talking about today is Romans 12, 2, Philippians 4, 8, and Isaiah 26, 3. We're going to get to those a little bit later, but let's start reading. Each one of us have either experienced or are experiencing the effects of a soul tie or a stronghold. But before I go deep into these themes, let's consider some definitions. Now, the definition of a soul tie, for those who don't have the book, feel free to take notes. The definition of a soul tie, the one that I came up with and put in my book is a soul tie is any internal connection a person has to a person, place, product, or perspective, whether properly or improperly. 
A soul tie is any internal connection. Soul, your soul houses your mind, will, and emotions. A soul tie is any internal connection a person has to another person, place, product, or perspective, whether properly or improperly. Basically, the reason why I say properly, improperly, because right now I'm tied to my wife. I'm tied to my family. I'm tied to God. Ultimately, I'm tied to my ministry. But based upon my perspective, based upon my maturity, those things will determine if I'm properly tied to them or improperly tied to them. If I'm improperly tied to my wife, then she is my world. And the thing about it is you hear it often in songs or in passing where people's like, she's my world or he's my world. Then if you find yourself... Uh, um putting a person on a pedestal far higher than where they should, then anything that affects her affects my soul. Now, don't get me wrong. If something, uh, whatever happens to my wife, whether good or bad, whatever is going to affect me. But if it drastically affects me into a place of deep, dark depression or elevated levels of elation, then I could have made this person too much to me. And this happens all the time. People are improperly tied to a person or the idea of a person or the idea of a relationship improperly tied to a certain city for a season. Like, I just wish I could be there improperly tied to a product because they're addicted to this, this, this beverage or addicted to this uh, uh, item or they're uh, uh, improperly tied to a perspective. Maybe they're pro-white, pro-black, pro-women, pro-man. They're extreme in their beliefs. And, and those things set people up to be drastically affected in their soul realm. Now, what is a stronghold? A stronghold by definition is the final stage of a perverted soul tie. A stronghold is the final stage of a perverted soul tie leading to mental barriers that a person cannot pass. A stronghold is the final stage or stages of a soul tie of a perverted one leading to mental barriers that a person cannot pass. Some people right now are, are, they have strongholds that have been rooted over years and they, no matter what they endeavor to do in heart, their mind is so tied to that thing or that thing has such a strong root in their mind that they just can't get past that X. They just can't get past that, that failure. They just can't get past what their mom did. That thing was allowed to grow in their mind and heart for so long that they cannot mentally get past it. And if you can't mentally get past something, then that proves as a stronghold in your life. Let's go to the next chapter, the next paragraph. Let's now give these two things images. We're going to give images to soul ties and strongholds. Soul ties and strongholds are designed to be ropes, roots, and restrictions. They are designed to tie us, anchor us, and restrict us. Satan's goal is to keep us from progressing in the things of God. His ultimate objective is not necessarily your salvation, per se, because some of you guys may be converted believers that's watching me right now. He, if, if, since he can't have your salvation, the next best thing that he, he can have is your productivity. And the best way to make you not productive is to have you mentally bogged down with something that you have power over but don't recognize. Let's keep going. Satan's goal is to keep us from progressing in the things of God. He wants us tied to a past memory, rooted in emotions, and restricted by fears. He understands that if I can utilize something as small as a thought to tie us inwardly, then I don't have, then he doesn't have to use much to tie you outwardly. 
It's crazy how many of us are tied by something as small as a thought. Thoughts are heavier than we think. That's important for us to process. The devil knows if I can tie you up here, if I can have you restricted up here, if I can have you anchored up here, then I can utilize that thought to keep you tied. And if I can tie you inwardly, then it's not much that I have to do to tie you outwardly. And so many people, the reason why he's not, um, the reason why you're not progressing or succeeding is because the devil doesn't really have to do much work because you're still mentally tied by something that was little as a thought. And people don't understand that thoughts are heavier than we think. Some of us, our minds are heavy. Our, 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 our mind is burdened so heavy that we're unable to be the people that we're supposed to be. What's mentally weighing you down? What are you tied to? Why is that person has such a root in your life? Why does that individual have such a such ground in real estate in your mind? Why is that product you can't just walk away from? Why is that way of thinking keeping you from progressing? Thoughts are heavier than we think, and we have to understand that it's because of 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 Christ through His Spirit, we're now able to mentally renew ourselves. Where as we are mentally, as we are being mentally renewed, then those cords are being loosened, and now we're able to freely let what held us down go. Let's keep going. It's crazy how many of us are tied by something as small as a thought. Thoughts are heavier than we think. They bombard our minds, hoping to gain ground with the intent of bearing demonic fruit. See, every thought is a seed, and if planted, will produce a harvest. What seeds are in your mind? That's important for us to process. Because whatever's planted in your mind, if you allow it to gain ground, if you allow it to be nurtured by your energy, that thing will produce a, a demonic harvest. It will produce other thought habits, other sins, other other ways of thinking that will keep you from being productive, that will keep you from living the life that you want to live, that God wants you to live. And we got to get to a place where we understand, I got to cast down vain imaginations. And next week, we're going to talk about that. I think that's part of scriptures now. That's for uh, next week on how to cast down vain imaginations so that we'll be able to know the difference between what's a vain thought and a valid thought. Let's keep going. The Bible talks early in Genesis 6 about seeds. Hear me closely. It says that as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. This formula is throughout life. Let's take some time to discuss this biblical formula in context of our individual lives. Let's break it down. This formula, seed, time, and harvest was designed to ensure growth and to ensure everything in the seed continues to thrive forever. Without this formula active and protected, everything that was designed to be good for humanity dies. Every seed has in it potential. It has the potential to be a tree, it has potential to be a forest and food. Based on where it's planted, it will determine, will determine if it will meet its potential. That's important for us to understand. As the earth remains, there's seed, time, and harvest. God ensured in our individual lives for seeds to be planted through his word, time for it to be nurtured, patience to have a perfect work so that we can produce the harvest of love, produce the harvest of joy, produce the harvest of patience, produce the harvest of meekness, gentleness, self-control. 
But if those things are suffocated and, and, and we are distracted in nurturing those things, then we will produce harvests of the flesh. If you walk according to the flesh, you will fulfill the deeds of the flesh and you will produce the harvest of the flesh. But if you walk according to the spirit, you will fulfill the deeds of the spirit and you will birth the internal harvest. So many people get so caught up on their external harvest, but are not uh, auditing or ensuring that they have an internal harvest. We got to get to a place where we examine ourselves and say, what harvest am I producing in my life? If you look at the harvest, you can tell what kind of seed is in your mind. Without this formula active and protected, everything that was designed to be good for humanity dies. If we do not take the time to allow this seed to be active and for us to protect it by making sure that we cast down vain imaginations, if we don't protect this thing, then all those great qualities about ourselves that God wants us to bear will die. Every seed has within it potential. It has the potential to be a tree, a forest, and food based on where it is planted will determine if it will meet its potential. Just because it has potential doesn't mean it will produce. It all boils down to where it's planted. Listen closely. It, um, it's amazing how something as small as a seed has much in it. The same goes with our thoughts. In order for a regular seed and a thought to grow, there needs to be a set time. Without this set time, the seed will produce either no return or a premature turn. Some of the qualities that God wants us to bear as individuals all has their roots in our mind or in our soulish realm. Our spirit gives us God conscious. Our soul gives us self-conscious and, and our bodies give us world conscious. Our spirit is sealed. We have the spirit there, right? It's the mind that needs to be renewed. It's the mind that has to cooperate with the sanctification work of God to ensure that these fruits are birthed in our lives. But if we don't give ourselves a set time and we awaken love before it's time, we awaken success before it's time. And we pr 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 pursue things before we are mature to actually steward them. Then we will find ourselves uh, 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 cause contaminated. We will have our hearts with some love, but some lust, some joy, but some pursuit of happiness. It won't be a full manifestation of, of the qualities that we need to have. And it all boils down to what we allow to be planted here. What is planted in the heart, in the fields of your mind? Because any, everything in life is casting seed. When you watch shows, they're casting seed, they're casting an agenda, they're casting a perspective, they're casting an influence. That's why you gotta make sure you only allow godly things and God himself through godly materials and the right kind of people to cast seed. Now you can't control what's thrown at you, but you can control what's planted in your mind. Let's keep going. In order for there to be a harvest, there must be a set time. Let's turn the page to govern its predestined process. Every seed has within it its kind. That's why you don't have to look outside of yourself to find yourself. All you got to do is look inside of yourself. Inside of an orange tree, it orange seed or oranges. Inside of an orange seed or orange trees. Inside of an apple seed are apples and apple trees. But if the seed is not planted right, or if it is planted right, whether bad or good, it will produce of its kind. And if we do not understand that, then we will allow the predestined end of demonic seeds to be manifest in our lives. 
That's why it's important for you to guard your mind to ensure that only godly things, the things that are of God are planted in our minds so that we'll give it is set time to mature and grow so that those the, the trees and the roots inside of us are more godly or all godly than of this world. God desires for our minds and hearts to hold to only receive good seed. He desires for us to only think on what is true, Philippians, what is honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is commendable, so that these traits will be manifest in our lives. Imagine if we take the time to think on things that are actually true. <clears throat> Some of us were fighting thoughts that are false. They were false from the beginning. They were false the moment that it was uttered out of the, out of the devil's mouth. But we think on those false things. We think on more false things, perverse things than we do on things that are true. Imagine if we knew what the word of God said about us. What if we knew what the truth of God's word meant for us? What if we thought on what was true? What was true about who we are as sons and daughters? What is true about um, us being uh, children of God? What is true about that we're overcomers? What is true <clears throat> that we can be healed, made well and whole and strong and overcome demonic things? Imagine. Imagine if we thought on things that were true and not false. What if we thought on things that were honorable, not dishonorable? It's crazy how a lot of kids and a lot of people in this in this in this age are so disrespectful. They're not honorable. They don't even know how to honor God. That's why the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. If you if you don't honor God, you won't walk in wisdom. And now the people's hearts and minds have waxed cold towards God. There's no fear of God because God is Santa Claus. God's a God full of love. There's no reverence. You've seen in the households where the loving parent is usually the one that's manipulated or misused. It's the stronger parent that gets the respect. The stronger parent doesn't have to be an overly abusive parent, but because that parent stands for truth and it's just that child respects that parent because that parent is really about being a parent. And if you look at God the same way, <laughs> it would be, it will build such a level of reverence for him and thinking on things that are honorable, what is honorable for me as a man around another woman that's not my wife? What is honorable with my wife? What's honorable in ministry? What's honorable in private? And if I think on things that are honorable, I too will be honorable. If I think on things that are true, then I will be a person of truth. If I think on things that are just, then I know for a fact that I was I, in every situation I could do the right thing. What is the just thing for me to do in this situation? I'm not going to think in just and cheat my employer or cheat uh, those in ministry or cheat whatever. What is just for me to do? If I think on those things, if I'm aware of those things in those moments, I will be justly. If that's even a word, what is pure? Instead of thinking on impure things, let me make let me be intentional through the help of the Holy Ghost. Think on things that are pure. I'm not going to think pervertedly about another woman. I'm not going to think pervertedly about my wife. I'm going I'm to love her purely. I'm not going to love her through lust. You know how many people love their spouse through lust, but don't not love their, but they, they sex their wife or sex their husband through lust, but not through love. Love making is different than lust making. Lust making is easy. Only thing it requires is, is a penis and a vagina, but love making, love making requires, requires honesty, requires purity. It requires, it requires a little bit more. You see what I'm saying? And that's where we got to think on things that are pure so that we can be pure in our lives. The Bible says we got to think on things that are lovely. Imagine if we look at the beauty of God's creation and think on things that are lovely. Things that are like, wow, that's beautiful. That's awesome. That's great. God's going to get glory out of this. Things that are lovely. 
Then we won't be uh, people who live in lustfully. What is commendable? What if those things are like, that's commendable, that's honorable. What could be what could be commendable of me right now? That's why I treat waitresses and waiters with so much respect. I treat anyone who serves me or who I serve with the same amount of respect. I treat my boss the same as I treat the janitor. I treat uh, the waitress just like if I would treat the owner because that's the commendable thing to do. What's the commendable thing to do in the situation that you face? Let's keep going. So that these traits will be manifest in our lives. Satan has a counter formula designed to suffocate this good mental formula. God's formula is seed, time, and harvest. The seed planted in a believer's mind that renews them when it begins to uh, do what it's supposed to do. Because a seed outside of soil doesn't do anything. But seed planted in good soil produces. Being planted in the right thing is important. Having the right type of mind to receive the seed is very important. That's why you can read the Bible and, uh, over and over again. Right, It's a process. You read the Bible over and over again, but because your mind is not a rich soil and your heart's not a rich soil, that seed of the word doesn't become revelation. It's just nothing but information. You're informed, but it hasn't been revealed to you in a special way. That happens all the time. We all heard the importance of eating right. We all heard the importance of working out. But until you go to the doctor and found out that something has been revealed to you, that you have this ailment, sometimes it takes that for people to do things the right way. The same things with the word of God. You don't have to wait till something bad happens to get revelation. All you got to do is ask the Holy Spirit to toil the ground so that when the seed is planted, when you read it or the seed has been cast in your mind, you will begin to understand the beauty and the benefit of it. Now, God's word, which is seed, God's wisdom, which is seed, needs a set time for it to produce. It needs a set soil for it to produce the, its specific harvest. Now, let's talk about the devil's counter formula designed to stifle the harvest of God in our minds, producing soul ties and strongholds. Satan's formula is suggestion, tie, and hold. God's formula, seed, time, and harvest. The devil's formula, suggestion, tie, and hold. Let's, let's go deeper. The devil understands that the best way to hold a person back is through suggestions. The best way for the devil to hold us back is through suggestions. Counter things that counters the truth. Just simply ask Eve. Eve was brought to a seductive worldview through a simple suggestion. The devil seduced her by a seductive suggestion. He suggested to her like, did God really say? Implying like, okay, was God just kind of talking just to talk? Or was God keeping something? Maybe God had a second sentence with this. Maybe God has something else to say with this. Did God really say? Eve was brought to a seductive worldview through a simple suggestion. Just uh, Satan packaged his theory with suggestions that would get the wheels turning in Eve's mind, imploring to her that God is hiding something from her. Satan is not, demons are not going to waste their time with the mind that is strong. They don't waste their time with the mind that he knows is not going to be a great lure to lure that individual. 
He is going to send the right type of suggestions through culture. And demons don't even have to send a suggestion to you individually. They send suggestions through music, through movies, through TV, through friends, through family structures, through culture, through society. We are walking in the seed field. Uh, We're walking and there's a machine just spewing out seeds, right? And based upon your mental maturity will determine what you receive. Not all suggestions are demonically uh, given by a demon through whispering through your ear. Most seeds are just given because he knew that most people will not be mentally strong enough or discerning enough to process what's devil seed and what's divine seed. After those thoughts, Eve, okay, after those thoughts tied itself around the truth in her heart, the thing about Eve, Eve had the truth. You see what I'm saying? Eve, Eve had the truth, but she allowed that suggestion to tie itself around her mind, causing her to say, causing that truth to be suffocated. God told Adam, Adam told Eve she knew because look how she told uh, Satan. She said, God said we could eat of every tree, but this one right here. She knew the truth. Many of us know the truth, but we allow the demonic suggestion to tie itself around the truth suffocating us, suffocating the truth in our mind, allowing those suggestive seeds to be planted. Let's keep going. After those thoughts tied itself around the truth in her heart, she and Adam was held out of Eden. She and Adam was held out of Eden. One suggestion entertained led to the downfall of humanity. I got four points that I really, that I, that I got today in my study, right? Was what does Satan wants? What does Satan want us held out of? H e l d. I want to kind of do this real quickly. What does Satan want us held out of? See, when Eve and Adam entertained the suggestion of the devil, they entertained it longer than they should. That's why you don't have conversation with defeated folk. They entertained it long enough, and what happened was, see, a suggestion tie and hold. Now they were held out of Eden. The enemy want us held out of certain things. And the best way to hold us or keep us from enjoying the things of life in a godly way is through us entertaining suggestions. Now, what are some of the things that the devil want us held out of? H, he want us to be held out of helped or kept away from being helped, held from being hope, from hope. He doesn't want us to get the help that we need. He wants us to go to his help. Things that will help the seed that was planted. He wants to help that lust. He wants to help that pride. He doesn't want you to go to God to get help and be freed. That's why you ever found people that were your friends, that when they when you found the truth and now they're going through a, a phase in their life where they just want to do what they want to do and they go ghost, they go ghost because you, they know you hold the truth. A lot of people make decisions And without accountability, because they know if they go to their accountability, their accountability will tell them the truth and convince them from doing what was suggested to them. That's why I don't count as strange when friends go ghost, because they don't want to be around you because they know that you will tell them the truth and the truth will set them free. So what the devil knows, he says, how can I keep you from being helped? So I can make uh, uh, people of God seem more legalistic and religious to make certain people look like you can't get help from him. And now you go to a Ouija board, you go to a psychic, you go to a soothsayer, you go to a medium, or you go to a friend that's not even a believer. And you go there for help because the enemy knows those people who are entertaining his suggestions 
will hinder you from being helped by God. People are leaving certain churches, leaving certain friends, leaving certain accountabilities because they want to live how they want to live because they feel like God is keeping them from something. The devil is always going to entertain your mind with this thought. Did God really say? Did God really say it's bad for you to sleep around? Did God really say it was wrong for you to live that lifestyle? Did God really say? And if you make the Bible antiquated or ancient, or you make it a book that has no current uh, uh, presence, then Christianity is this uh, uh, area of what's your truth of Christianity? I'm going to live my truth to Christianity. You live your truth to Christianity. We're not going to consult the word of God because the word of God is an ancient book. You got to understand. If the author who wrote the book is above time, then his book that he wrote is timeless. Even though it was written thousands of years ago, doesn't change its timelessness. <clears throat> when was one plus one discovered? One plus one wasn't discovered last year. If one plus one, which is an ancient old uh, principle, is true, was true thousands of years ago, and is true now, why can't a divine book be true even though it was written 2,000 or plus or four, four or 5,000 spending that time frame years ago can't be true now. Why would God write a book that couldn't be historically proven to be true? Why would God create a document that you can't investigate yourself? I don't even have to convince you about God's word because I investigated God's word myself and found that it was proven to be one of the top most historical documents of all time. That the book of Luke is considered one of the most historical documents of all time. So if you investigate the word yourself instead of entertaining people's emotional uh, uh, opinions about it, then you will find out that it's true as well. Then you won't be living your truth of Christianity and my truth of Christianity, but we will find it where Christianity was birthed. He want us held from being helped. He wants us to be held from having hope. He wants you to press. He wants you to feel like there's no hope. Hope is in Christ. He don't want you to feel like there's hope. He don't want you to feel like you could be free from your soul tie. He doesn't want you to feel like there's a hope for you to be uh, uh, that stronghold to be uprooted, that you can't get over that ex, that you can't get over what your dad did to you, what your auntie did to you. He don't want you to feel that hope. So what he does is he surrounds you with other people who is hopeless themselves. And he wants to hold, keep, held us, keep us held from help and hope. He wants to keep us held from e enjoyment and energy. He wants us to live a certain life where we don't enjoy the life that he has. The Bible says he gave us life and life more abundantly. Now people look at that and whatever, whatever, but he wants to give us an abundant life. The right kind of, no problem. You come on, you, you, you right on time right now. You right on time. He wants us to have an abundant life, a life that's, that's full of peace. Do you know the most valuable assets of life you will never fill with hands? Money is not the most valuable asset. <clears throat> Love, I mean, a relationship is not the most valuable asset. Love is. Contentment is. <clears throat> peace is the, listen, joy and peace are the two of the most important assets of life. You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have joy, you don't have peace, you're a poor man. If you don't have, you, you're a poor woman. I'd rather have a little, but have a lot of, have a lot of peace and a lot of joy Three things, love, joy, and peace. I'd rather have an abundance of joy, an abundance of peace, an abundance of love than to have a bunch of riches and a bunch of accolades and a bunch of, 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 of peers and not have none of those things.
The enemy wants us to be held from held out from enjoying the life that God wants to enjoy here. I don't want heaven to be my only great life. You see what I'm saying? I want to be able to work on behalf of God and enjoy <clears throat> the beauties of the eight wonders, the beauties of marriage, the beauty of parenting, the beauty of success the right way. But we think enjoying life is solely on how much money I can make. No, the, the best parts of life is living a fulfilled life, living the life that you was created for, helping the people that you was created to help. He wants us to be held from having energy. That's why he wants us to be addicted to foods, addicted to lifestyles, addicted to people who drain us of our energy. Enemies that drain us of our energy, friends that drain us of our energy, foods that drain us of our energy, habits that drain us of our energy, keeping us from actually being productive. He wants to be suggestive in, you know, wasted two years with that man. Now you drained emotionally. And now it's going to take you another two years because you're not mature enough in your mind to know that your energy comes from God. Now it takes you three years to heal from a two-year relationship. Some of some people, it's taking, it's taking 10 years for them to heal from a 10-month relationship. Taking people 20 years to heal from a three-year relationship. And how many people right now are hurting from what happened in 95, 2005, 2015, yesterday? It's all because we we have the heart to be free. We don't know. We just don't know how to be free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. But if you don't understand the soul, if you don't understand the mind, if you don't understand um, how the enemy works and through suggestions, then you're going to be held out from help and hope and enjoyment and energy. What else the devil wants you to be held out from? He wants you to be held, kept away from love. He wants you not to know what it feels like to be loved. There's a lot of young girls, a lot of young men that grew up in homes where there was no love or false form of love. And now the only love that they think is attention from a man or the touch of a woman that they think that's what love is. Love is deeper than that because love's a person. You won't know how to do love until you know love. You won't be able to know do love as a verb until you know love as a noun. And so many people, they don't know what love is. And people also have a false understanding of God's love. Oh, God's love is a tender love. Oh, kumbaya, God hold me, love on me. No, no, no. God's tender love is balanced with his tough love. He chastens those whom he loves. He disciplines those whom he loves. And so people want this Santa Claus God that doesn't judge sin, that doesn't care about what you do day to day. But if God didn't care about what you do day to day and the only thing he sees is your son, the son's work, and the only thing he sees is perfection in you, then why would he chasten those whom he loves? You just can't be caught up all God's a tender, loving God. That's true. But you better balance that tender love of God with God's tough love because people will be looking at, oh, that's the devil. Oh, that's not right. God will never do that. Nope. God is a tough, loving God. He's got tough love, that real love, that tell you the truth kind of love, that love that tells you about yourself, that love that corrects you. Satan wants you held from, held out of, kept away from real balanced love. He wants you to grow in lust, not in love. He wants you to think lust is love and love is, is, is nothing or non-existent. He wants you to be held out from living. I'm living my best life. That's what I want. 
I ain't going back and forth with these people. Like I'm, I'm I want to live my best life. You see what I'm saying? I don't my best life. I'm not sitting there saying money and fame and rich. I want to live my best life. I want to live. That's why I do these videos. That's why I life coach. That's why I uh, uh, help these kids the way that I do because I feel fulfilled and I'm doing everything for God's glory. I don't want to be uh, uh, dying to live. I want to live to die. I don't want to be dying to live. Oh man, I wish I can live, but I'm dying in the process. I want to live to die. I'm living to die. I want to die to myself some more so that I can live. What Satan wants us held out from? Our destiny. How many people can't really pursue their purpose wholeheartedly because they have so many consequences around them? I implore, I warn all those who have life and don't have so much consequences. Make wise decisions. Interview, talk to somebody who, who, who's going through some stuff and God delivered them and helped them, but they had to go through. See, God has saved you from your sins. They ain't, they ain't hard from God. God has saved you from your sins. But you know what God doesn't always save you from? The consequences of those sins. He can forgive you for those sins, but he doesn't, he doesn't always uh, um, um, cancel out the consequences. If I go out there and sleep with another woman and I impregnate her and then my wife divorces me, I can't get mad at that. That's the consequences. If And then now if she divorces me and, and she's one of the key people of my destiny, now my destiny is affected. See what I'm saying? So I make decisions with my destiny in mind. You know what I'm saying? And if you do that, then you're able to process, okay, I'm not going to do nothing stupid and have a bunch of consequences around my life that stifles my destiny. And so what happens, it begins with a suggestion. Do this, do that, sleep with this, sleep with her, sleep with him, smoke this, drink this, be mad at God for a year and be reckless, do this, go to this club when you smoke, what's supposed to go, go hang out with these friends, then all of a sudden you get in a car accident, now you got two broken legs, you know, you can't get no legs, you got nothing but nubs, you see what I'm saying? Like stuff, like, like life is too fragile to live it loosely, to live it recklessly, right? So we got to make sure that we're not being held from our destiny and next that we're not held from distribution. We're going to talk about four weeks from now about procrastination and how many people are holding themselves because of the suggestions of insecurities, the suggestions of inadequacies, the suggestions of, well, I can make more money here, the suggestions of fear. It's tying the truth of what we're supposed to do. And that book's been on the shelf. That ministry's been on the shelf. That business has been on the shelf. That obedience, that thing that God told you to do is on the shelf. Listen, don't be held from distributing what you're supposed to distribute. This book right here was written a year ago, a year and a half ago. My book, Dating Prep, was written a year and a half ago. The Purpose of Singleness book was written three years ago. The Unplugged book was written 10 years ago. You see what I'm saying? I'm a distributor. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to allow the enemy or through comments or thumbs downs or or people or the, the, the fame of another preacher or the success of another person. Keep me from doing, keeping my hand to my plow. What does Satan want us to be held out of or held from? Help, hope, enjoyment, energy, love, living, destiny, and distribution. Let's keep going. Middle of the paragraph on page 28. One suggestion entertained led to the downfall of humanity. One suggestion that God really say led to the downfall of all of us. Keep going. But thank God for the seed, Jesus. Hey, 
But thank God for the seed, Jesus, that was planted amongst us, that grew amongst us, that dwelt amongst us and died for us, allowing his fruit, the fruit of him being seeded, the fruit of him being seeded in the ground and seeded by the Father, release the fruit of the Holy Spirit to fall into us, to nourish us, which now gives us the power to trample over any suggestion given to us to a powerless enemy. Listen, people don't understand that the devil has no power unless you give him power. These demons don't have power over you unless you give them power. And the only way that they can have power over you is if you entertain their suggestions, right? And so what happens is he knows that he's powerless, but I'm going to take the power, just like he took the power, like we said last week, he took the power from Adam and Eve because when he fell from heaven, he had no power, but he took the power from Adam and Eve from one suggestion. That's how he takes power from us every day. When we entertain suggestions through his media, through his uh, um, uh, mimic, mimic uh, uh, masters, and etc. You now have the power. You now have the power. Never communicate with a defeated foe. Why do we even have a conversation with the enemy? Because we, the issue is we're defeated mentally. Because we're defeated mentally and we don't know what the word of God says, we don't hide God's word in our heart. We don't know how to rightly divide the word of truth. We don't understand what it means um, to be uh, uh, um, um, Bereans and making sure that, that the word is what it says. Because we're so defeated and we view ourselves as defeated people, defeated, and because we've been depressed for years, saddened for years, disappointed for years, anything sounds good. <laughs> The devil can come to you. The enemy will come to you and be like, have you thought about this? And because you defeated mentally, you will entertain a defeated foe. We're never supposed to have a conversation with defeated foe. But if you don't know who you are in Christ and know that you are more than a conqueror, that victory belongs to you. You're going to entertain someone who's been defeated. It's almost like playing down to the level of a competition. Anytime you entertain the devil, communicate with the demons or entertain their suggestions, you're playing down to the level of your competition. Anybody who plays sports, you'll be the you'll you'll be the most talented team, the most tall, the tallest team, the most talented team. Um, um, the, but you playing this little small team, everybody's up under six foot. <laughs> Everybody on their basketball team is under six foot. But you, everybody on your team is over 6'5", and you'll be like, you know what? I'm not going to take this person seriously. I'm going to play at the level of my competition. And then that person that's below you in talent, that's below you in understanding, defeats you. Let's keep going. Communication with the enemy leads to destruction. The only way you communicate with the enemy is with the word of God. You don't, you don't communicate him with your words, the words of your pastor. The words of this preacher, you don't even use my words. You use the word of God. Jesus didn't entertain Satan's suggestions. Turn the stone into bread. Jump off the cliff. Want the angels come get you. Bow down your knee to me and I'll take. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. He didn't entertain that with his words. Well, that sounds good. He said, no, I am the bread of life. You see what I'm saying? I am not going to get fame by jumping off a cliff and having all of Jerusalem see thousands of angels take me. That's not the way to the deliverance of people's hearts. And I'm not going to bow my knee to what I'm a king over. I'm the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And if I'm a joint heir with him, then I have everything that he has. 
But if you don't understand that mentally, you'll entertain everything that he says. Satan doesn't care if you are saved to a degree, if you're already saved. He cares if you are productive. And the best way to stifle your productivity is to come through the cracked doors of your mind, leaving suggestions that will try to gain root and hold you from your promised land. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time and harvest, suggestions, ties and holds. Which one is thriving in your life now? Think about it. Are you entertaining the seed of God or the suggestion of the devil? Are you giving the word of God set a set time to nurture and mature? He is very deceptive. Or, or are you allowing the truth to be tied with his suggestion? Are you producing a harvest of joy, a harvest of joy, a harvest of peace, a harvest of prosperity, a harvest of stewardship or the fruit thereof? Or are you being held from those different things? I have activity for those who have their books. I want you to take some time to do it. Take some time now to meditate on Philippians 4 9. Do this a little bit later and think about the importance of thinking on what is good. Once you have taken that time, write down below both the good and bad thoughts that you're entertaining now and ask yourself why. Here's the activity. I want you to write down the good thoughts. What are the good thoughts, right? That you write, Sandy, the full armor of God. I can't wait to talk about that a little bit later on how the whole armor applies in our life. I want you to write down the bad thoughts and I want you to write down why you are even entertaining them. All right. Now let's go to page 29. How do strongholds develop? Let me know if you guys are learning. Just write, I'm learning. I'm getting something from this. I want to know what you guys are getting. Let me know what you're getting from this. I would love to see in the comments or in the in the comments, top the chat, what you're getting from this. Are you learning something? Thumbs up if you're learning. You see what I'm saying? How a stronghold develops. Amen. I'm glad you guys are learning. Those on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, watch you later. Let me know. I would love to know. Are y'all benefiting from this? I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so glad. How a stronghold develops. These are just the beginning stuff, but here it goes. A stronghold doesn't grow overnight. It grows over many nights. You got to understand that. A stronghold doesn't grow overnight. Just like a tree doesn't become a tree overnight, a seed doesn't become a tree overnight. The same thing is with a stronghold. The devil knows that one suggestion at 10, one suggestion at 20, about time they 30, that tree bearing fruit. It grows over many nights. Nighttime can be a nightmare. Nighttime can be a nightmare. The nighttime is a time of day many people regret or try to fill with unnecessary company due to the thoughts they are left with. Because people are not mature enough to cast down vain imaginations and accept valid thoughts, they occupy their nighttime with television, with TV, with shows, with friends, with a man. They got to have a man in the bed with them. They got to have a woman in the bed with them. They got married because they had, they just want, they don't want to be alone because they don't want to be left alone with their thoughts. And these people are in torment. Thoughts are one of Satan's most powerful tools of torment. Thoughts. He wants you to entertain his thoughts. That's one of his greatest tools of torment. Let's keep going. He utilizes them to tangle us, keeping us up at night and causing us to be foggy during the day. He wants our days to be draining. Got to understand that. He knows 
it takes a certain amount of days to produce a certain type of thing. And if I can get you nightly bogged down, nightly tormented with thoughts, nightly uh, uh, or entertaining uh, carnal thoughts or entertaining uh, uh, demonic tormenting thoughts, then you're going to be too drained during your day. And if you're drained during your day, how can you make a day productive? Let's keep going. Every stronghold begins as a seed, a cancerous seed, a seed designed to weaken our spiritual immune system. These seeds are the negative suggestions we discussed earlier. These seeds don't always come off negative, though. Hear me closely. These seeds, oh, these seeds don't always come off as negative, though. Some of these suggestions make sense. The devil ain't just going to throw seeds that don't make sense. He's going to throw stuff that's going to make sense to you. They make sense. Many of us are entertaining good advice, but not God advice. All good advice is not God advice. The devil is not going to give you, he's going to give you bad advice packaged in good advice. It sounds good, but it's bad for you. A lot of people wish us well and desire to see us succeed, but not all their suggestions are God-inspired. You got to also be very careful that you don't entertain good but bad seeds. Just because it was good for someone don't mean it's good for you. Just because it's good in general doesn't mean it's God for you. And some of us, it's not necessarily bad seed like sleep with this person, smoke that, drink that. It's move to the city for a better job. That sounds, that makes sense. Go marry that person. They're a man of God. That makes sense. It makes good, perfect sense that I probably should get married because I'm burning with passion. So let's just get married. Yeah, it, 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 it's good sense. It makes sense to stay with somebody and not be married. It makes sense um, to just have sex and test drive to see if I like it before I take it off the lot and marry it. It makes a bunch of sense, but it ain't God's sense. It's nonsense. You see what I'm saying? A lot of people wish us well and desire to see us succeed. But not all their suggestions are God-inspired. That's why it's important to know God for yourself. It's important to you know God for yourself and to be sensitive enough to know and obey his voice. Are you still enough, paced enough to acknowledge God and to honor God and to obey God? Is there a pattern of obedience? Is there a habit of acknowledgement? Or do you just entertain every good advice? It can be really good. That's a great job. That's a great city, but that ain't God's will for you. And the devil's going to have you entertain. Enemy's going to have you entertaining suggestions that are not necessarily bad in theory, but bad for you. Good advice, but bad for you. My job is the only good advice I accept is God advice. Things that aligns itself with God's word and God's will for me. Here we go. A lot of people are still bound by good advice. Your pastor, your mama, your dad said that was a good boy. Marry that boy. That's a good young man. Oh, she's a good young lady. Marry her. <clears throat> oh, that's that's a good. We're going to make you a youth pastor. We're just going to make you an associate pastor. We're just going to. That's good. You know, you know, a lot of people are still bound by good advice. Now you don't marry the joker. Now you bound to that good advice. <laughs> it looked good. It was good. Don't you know? That the blessing of the Lord has no sorrow. Sorrow means I wish I never did it. I wish that I never even did it. Now, the woman that God has given me, 
based upon us cooperating with the Holy Spirit, will never bring sorrow to my life. May bring disappointment, may bring like the surface level of disappointment because I'm human, but it won't bring me to a place like, man, I wish I never married her. That's why it's important to be with the one God has because God's who God has for you will be good for you 20 years from now, will still be good for you 30 years from now because he chose y'all to be together with 30, 40, 50 years of marriage in mind. So you entertaining your pastor, you entertaining your friends, you entertaining your thoughts. Oh, that's a man of God. That's a woman of God. That might be somebody else's man of God. That might be somebody else's woman of God. They may not be bad people. Y'all may be able to get some things done for the kingdom. But that wasn't the right person for you. And a lot of people are still bound to good advice, still bound to. And the thing about it is the reason why I don't entertain everybody's advice immediately, because they don't got to live the consequence of their advice. They ain't going to. Your mama ain't marrying him. Your pastor ain't marrying her. You see what I'm saying? Your friends ain't marrying them. And just because they think it's good for you and they, they convinced you, the enemy's using them to be an echo, uh, echo chamber of, of telling you what you should do. And you deep down inside are unsure about it. Now, all of a sudden, five years in, oh, man, your single friend trying to tell you how to get married. Now she's like, dang, I didn't know he was going to be like that. You better, you better know. You better only utilize people as confirmation, not information. Woo! You better utilize people as for confirmation alone, not sole source of information. Revelation, confirmation, not information and whatever. God only confirms what he reveals to you probably. If God ain't revealed it to you, put whatever they say on the shelf. Nobody will beat God to you. Nobody will beat God in first place to you and the information he wants you to have. Everybody else that is saying things that God didn't say to you and you don't have no surety about it, it's their opinion, it's their suggestion, and you may take it as a grain of salt. Revelation, confirmation. It's never information. God ain't going to utilize people. Now, people will inform you. Don't get me wrong. People will give you information. We're just talking about informing you about life-altering decisions. Let's keep going. Did I lose, lose my place? Oh, here we go. A lot of people are still bound by good advice, still bound by good advice. Good for them doesn't always mean good for you. This world system was create has created a warped, next page, verse page 30, perspective in a lot of people's minds causing them to think what's bad is good and what's good is bad. A lot of people suggest that sex outside of marriage is good or that living with your girlfriend or boyfriend is wise or watching pornography is cool or that quitting their God-given dream to pursue a six-figure job is okay. There are a lot of bad suggestions or seeds sinking in the minds of a lot of people. Listen, people will say, well, maybe, maybe I should have sex with him or sex with her because what if it's not the size that I want? Like, what if she don't really do it like I like? Don't you know? Who invented sex? Do you know that God knows the right size that will give you pleasure all the days of your life? Don't you know that God has the right type of breast that will satisfy you all the days of your life? Don't you know that God will give you a wife who knows how to do whatever you need to do? We got to get out of lust 
and get into love. When you're in lust, you're going to think about those things. I got to test drive her because I need to make sure that my lust is satisfied. I'm going to test drive him. I got to go fill around in his pants to make sure that it's big enough so I can make sure that I'm satisfied. God knows what size you need. God knows what kind of woman you need. And he knows what you need. But he knows your needs are in love, not in lust. Because if you think lustfully, well, we better get married because it's Bible says we use the scripture. Oh, it's better to it's better to marry than burn with passion. No, that ain't the will. And most people out there, well, I got to test drive it. No, that's stupidity. It makes sense in the world. It makes sense all in the world. Test drive it makes sense, but you don't need to test drive something that's custom made. If a person of a, of, a, of a if a person orders a custom made car, he don't have to, or she don't have to test drive it, cause it's custom made. He ordered it, he designed it, he custom made it. So when the car comes delivered in his front yard, oh, I don't gotta test drive it, because it's custom made for me. But so many people's minds are so lustful that they feel like they got to listen to the world's opinions about certain things, and they end up finding themselves even more damaged. Than before. Before a negative seed is planted, next paragraph. Before a negative seed is planted in your mind, the enemy researches you. Here we go. Here we go. Let's talk about this. We're almost done. We got about two more pages and we out. Before a negative seed is planted in your mind, the enemy researches you to see what you will be more likely to receive. He researches you because he knows I'm not going to waste my time throwing stuff at you that you're not going to receive. I'm going to look at you. The enemy is going to investigate you. The enemy is going to watch you and say, what are the temptations that are tailored to this individual that will give us the highest quality, the highest opportunity to cause him or her to fall? His demons don't waste time or resources. You got to understand, demons are, demons are not stupid imps. They done seen your kind before. These are intelligent beings. These fallen angels, these demons are intelligent beings, Right? So they're not going to waste their time or resources if they know it's not going to work. So they take their time to see what to see what connects to you. They analyze your habits and your disciplines. They look through your history books. Don't you know you have a, a shelf of history books that they look, they read through your history books. They read about, OK, let's pull the book of 95 out. What happened to her when she was eight? Let's pull the book of 96. Let's pull the book of 2004. Let's read through their lives. Who, let me interview the demon that was with her when she was four. Let me talk to the demon that oppressed her when she was 16. Let's talk to the demon that was with him in his college years and passed them on to me. I got to look through his history books, look through her history books and see, okay, how was her father and her? How was him and his father, him and his mother, her and her mother, her and her father. What uncle did what? What aunt did what? What boyfriend can we use? What can we research? What are they still entertaining mentally? They analyze your habits. What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? They know if you really on fire for God. Oh, we go to church. Oh, we almost, you ain't on, listen, they know how, in, how on fire you are with God. They know your habits. The church people may not know that you don't read your Bible often, that you don't really uh, grow in the things of God like you should. And people talk about how the, people understand that spiritual disciplines lead to spiritual maturity and spiritual maturity leads to the execution of spiritual authority. If I do not, that's like a ball player. If I want to be Steph, if, if Steph Curry is not Steph Curry, unless he shoots the shots daily, people understand like if you, if you, if you, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. 
So in order for me to grow into spiritual maturity, I had to do certain spiritual disciplines daily to ensure that I continue to mature so that I continue to execute in a certain authority. If I lack in my disciplines, then I mean, and then I'm going to lack in certain areas of maturity. And if I lack in certain areas of maturity, then I won't be confident executing in my authority. And then I will be affected by the enemy's tactics. They analyze your habits and your disciplines. Not, we're not even talking about good discipline. We're talking about what are they disciplined in bad or negatively. They look through your history books to see how you was brought up and who abandoned you. They look for loopholes in your contracts, all to see where you are your weakest. So many of us work so hard to build our strengths that we overlook our weaknesses. Based on their research, they will begin to set the stage for you to sink or to soar beyond the safe limits of where God would like your emotions to be. There are certain, there's a safe level for your emotions. God doesn't want you this high. He doesn't want you this low. He wants you to have an accurate uh, uh, understanding of yourself. He wants to look at yourself. He wants you to see yourself accurately, not highly, not whole, not lowly, but accurately, right? He wants you to either sink into depression or soar into zeal or pride. He, want, he knows the power of your emotions that once you are high or low, you will be receptive to just about anything tailored to you. That's how he does it. That's how a soul tied and stronghold begins. He knows how can I get you puffed up in pride, puffed up in zeal, puffed up in you know it all. Or how can I get you into a low level of, of, of depression and sadness? Because when you're sad and depressed, you'll receive just by anything. When you puffed up in your head, you'll receive just by anything. Both the poor and the rich smoke crack. Both the poor and the rich do drugs. Both the poor and the rich got vices. But those who have themselves balancing the things of God are not find themselves suggestive or, or seduced because they're thinking of themselves accurately. But so many of us, oh, I got this. 20-year-old starting stuff, 25-year-old starting stuff with no mentorship, with no understanding. There are uh, uh, people just puffed up in their pride, puffed up in their degree. There's going to be a lot of people that's graduating this year, and they, they're not humbled yet. Listen, before you mumble, be humble. Sit, you know what I'm saying? We got to learn how to sit down and be humble for real, because life, either you humble yourself or life will humble you. But when you get puffed up, Think of yourself, you're going to be receptive. I'm just going to entertain this. Oh, she bad. I'm going to talk to her. Be receptive. When you're depressed, I'm lonely. I'm not content. I'm sad. I want a man. I want a woman. Then you now the enemy saying you're in the right type of climate to be to listen to what I got to say. You're in the right type of altitude and you're in the right type of low, low place to receive what I want you to receive. Let's keep going. He knows the power of your emotions that once you are high or low, you will be receptive to just about anything tailored to you. If you find yourself depressed, you'll be right back to pornography. You find yourself puffed up, be right back in pornography. You find yourself depressed, you back sleeping around again. You find yourself full of zeal and puffed up, you back sleeping around again. That's why the Bible says, when you stand, take heed lest you fall. I'm standing and and I'm 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 um I'm taking heed to how I'm standing because I don't want to fall. I don't want to stand in husbandhood and be like, I'm going to, I'm husband of the year. I'm husband of the decade. I don't need to read my word no more. I don't got to pray as often as I need to. I'm a husband. That's when I'm, a, that's when infidelity just been conceived. Or if I find myself depressed and I'm not performing well and my life is about my performance at work. And no matter how good my wife is and how, how strong she is in the word of God, if my idol is, is the success of my career, then I'm going to fall right back into pornography. <clears throat> That's why you got to walk 
<clears throat> in a place of balance. And you do that by the word of God. Let's keep going. Once you are in one of these states, a suggestion is made. He wants you in one of these states. He either wants you high or low. <clears throat> if he can get you in one of these states, a suggestion is made. Plant it quickly. Plant it quickly. She, she's depressed. <clears throat> she's mad at God. He's full of himself. Plant it now. Bring that girl right now. That girl never thought about you, but you got puffed up. And now that, listen, don't, don't be, don't count it strange when people like you or start liking you out of nowhere. Don't count it strange when stuff start coming your way out of nowhere. When you full of yourself, all these women start liking you. The prodigal son was full of himself. Everybody came around him quickly and then took everything he had. All right. Samson was hanging around Delilah. Talk, start running his mouth, lost his strength. The enemy wants you to give out your strength. He knew where his strength was since he was a child. And a the enemy is going to utilize different people to get you to give legally the demons or Delilah's or the uh, uh, the Donald's or the, 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 uh, the David's to be able to cut where your strength is. You see what I'm saying? That's why you can't, man, you can't fall in one of these different states. Because they want to plan it quickly, hoping to change the way you see yourself, God, others, resources, causing you to mismanage them. They don't want you to see God, yourself, others, and resources the right way. That's real. James 1.1 is powerful. James 1. They want you to look at these things wrong. So you will mismanage yourself, mismanage others, mismanage resources, and mismanage your relationship with God. Once that seed is planted, they will continue to supply your mind with doubts, disbelief, or dangerous levels of high esteem, hoping to buy their seed time to grow. Oh, she's depressed. He's puffed up. She's puffed up. He's depressed. Let's plant this seed quickly. Come on, move, 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 move. Get it in there. Get her in there. Get them in there. Get this. Make them look at false doctrine. Let them get caught now, now, now. And then let's, we just can't let that seed sit there because the Holy Spirit is there. We can't let that seed sit there because salvation is trying to approach them. So what we do to avoid the Holy Spirit sanctification work in a person's life and to avoid salvation coming to a person's life to the best of their ability, what they're going to do is supply that seed. They're going to supply that seed with doubts. Did God really say, see, look at you, your ministry not taking off. Nobody buying your books. Nobody's looking out for you. Now you're in more depressed. They keep feeding it. Now go to this other place to get your plate fulfillment. Go to this other place to find joy. Oh, you puffed up on yourself. What I'm going to do is, I'm well, doubts and disbelief. But, but if you puffed up on yourself, I'm going to give you dangerous. I'm going to induce you with dangerous levels of self-esteem. I'm going to keep pumping your head up. <clears throat> I'm going to keep pumping your head up. Another raise. Another bonus. Get you another car. No, no, no. I'm not just going to let you just float away. I'm going to keep puffing now. I'm going to keep pumping it up. So you can think of yourself. That's where narcissists come from. You the man. No. You the man. No, no, no. You the man, Johnny. No, you the woman. You the woman. Feminism. Egotism. Extreme elated levels of, of what it means to be a woman and what it means to a man. Get her in her femininity. Uh, not femininity, but feminist mindset and get him in his ego. Puff him up. <clears throat> because any of those extreme levels leads to 
not leads to not having a balance. Let's keep going because I'm going long. Pride and vanity. Vain thing, vain thoughts leads to vain pursuits, which leads to the mind being caught up in vanity. Once that seed is planted, they will continue to supply our minds with doubts, disbelief, or dangerous levels of high esteem, hoping to buy their seed time to grow. I, I got demons like I got like demons like I gotta work, I gotta work overtime today on Johnny. Why? I don't know. Johnny, his Bible was open today. I I, I, I well, or deflate them, deflate them. You see what I'm saying? Hoping to buy their seed time to grow. Once the research has been made and the seed has been planted and supplied for, he then begins to lead you into building a soul tie to a fake savior. So when you puffed up, your savior is now your job. When you push down to depression, your savior is this new man. Your savior is this woman. If I could just, I'm so, I hate myself. I don't like myself. So now my savior is this, this type of job. So now I'm pursuing it. My savior is a relationship. Relationships can't save you. They can't. The only relationship that can save you is God. That's why it's best, like Anita said, is to stay humble. Let's keep going. See, he wants anything and anyone to be our savior instead of Jesus because he knows that anything outside of Jesus can only temporarily save. Sex only temporarily saves you, holds you, sustains you. Drugs, gluttony only temporarily saves you. Jesus is the only one that can eternally and completely save you. It's crazy how so many of us forfeit Jesus for frauds. The one that can only give you life, we forfeit him for frauds. That man can't save you. That woman can't save you. Your career can't save you. Your money can't save you. And we forfeit Jesus for frauds. These soul ties began to grow over time, eventually building strongholds. Imagine where you would be today if the seed that was planted in your mind at 6, 15, or 25 was uprooted. Imagine if those things was uprooted early, 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 early. Imagine where you would be today if you would have listened to the Holy Spirit's voice when he told you he or she wasn't the one for you. Imagine how much time you could have saved and been devoted to your business if you would have followed your dreams instead of your mom's or dad's. One bad thought planted at the right time can waste a ton of years. Oh, what I'm about to say is powerful. I'm getting there. Being soul tied to a person, place, product, or perspective will break those downs throughout the years. I mean, throughout the weeks, we're going to break each of them down will eventually turn into a stronghold, a place in your mind where you cannot pass. Because of this person I was tied to at 24, we broke up. Now I just can't. I, I love my husband. I love my wife. But secretly, I'm still on his Instagram page. Secretly, I'm still looking at her life. I, I love them, but I'm still in love with somebody else. You, you can't be hope between two loves and, 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 and be able to love someone right. You see what I'm saying? Our greatest barriers lies in our minds. What mental blockers are keeping you from progressing? Have you ever seen the meme of the horse tied to a lawn chair or the meme of an elephant tied to a stake in the ground? That's how many of us are. We are physically active enough to be free, but are too mentally weak to be free. You are only strong as your mind. Listen, you seen those memes where a horse was tied to a chair like a lawn chair? But the horse was was mentally oppressed for so long that the horse is actually strong enough to run away 
but because they were psychologically, mentally beaten down, that that lawn chair that they're tied to, they're strong enough, but they can't pass. Or that elephant who is tons, who weighs tons, tied to a little stake in the ground, but because he was oppressed, she was oppressed for years and couldn't move because she was tied to a big old tree. Because she tried to move, now she has no mental strength to move. And how many of us in the spirit realm look just like that? Tied to something so small to God. Tied to something that's so small to you as a child of God. Something so small. But you're free. You're strong enough to just run away. That elephant could really pull that. that but, but since you've been tied to that thing, which was just a stake, but you made it into a tree, now you look crazy in the spirit world. You go to church, I worship, I worship, I shout, I shout. But the demon's like, they'll tie to that lawn chair. <laughs> Form of godliness, but no power. You are only strong as your mind. Let's keep going. <clears throat> I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. Your enemy wants you to see your small thoughts as towers. Imagine that in our imagery. Something small as a thought. Thoughts are so small you can't see them. <laughs> Thoughts are so small, you they're 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 so small you can't even see them coming in. Boop, boop. Those your thoughts in here are so small. He wants you to see your small thoughts as towers. Oh, this thought of pursuing your own ideas and dreams without God. Ooh, look how look look how big this is. Look how big your life could be. Or Man, you know you could be free from this depression, but that thing looks like a tower. Oh, man, I don't think I could ever overcome this. I don't think I could ever outthink this. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Mighty are us who are in God. We are more than conquerors, Anita says. We are. He wants you to see this patch of dingy grass as a forest. This little small dingy area in your mind that he's trying to water. Oh, but... It's like a forest though. Like, will I be able to cut the grass? Will I be able to manage this? But it's something so small, this little dingy area magnified to you. He wants you to be overwhelmed and wants you to feel as if this molehill in front of you is a mountain that you can't move. In, in the eyes of God, in the eyes of seasoned believers, what you going through that you panicking and fire alarms are going off are nothing but molehills. You only hear, that's why when I hear people, I'm, I'm, I'm empathetic, don't get me wrong, I listen, but inside of me, my spirit is like, that ain't really nothing, I've been there, done that, but I, but I have empathy because I was once there. Exactly, we have to remember what God is. Yes, you're right, we got to cast down vain imaginations, counterattack, and <clears throat> with the word of God, that's real. But those thoughts are only suggestions, and if you knew who the senders were, you would send them back, because they only give half-truths. The devil never said a full truth in his life, all half-truths. And what happens for a lot of people, <clears throat> uh, it sounds true, though. But just because it has some truth don't mean, mean it's the real truth. Just because what you see, hear, or think <clears throat> is true doesn't mean it's God's truth. And just because it's true today doesn't mean it will be true tomorrow. The devil preys on emotions. Look, it's happening in your life right now. Look, 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 look. But what if Daniel would have stopped praying? 
Don't you know <clears throat> that it takes some time for stuff to come to you? Don't you know there's warfare set against uh, um, uh, God's delivery? That when the angel got to Daniel, Daniel, the angel was like, yo, Daniel, my bad, bro. <clears throat> we heard you on day one. Prayer is powerful. God heard you on day one. But the angel said the principalities of Persia, <clears throat> the principalities of Chicago, the principalities of Miami, the principalities of Charlotte, the principalities of DMV, the principalities of New York, the principality of the United Kingdom, the principality of South Africa, the principality of the Philippines, the principalities of Germany kept me from getting this to you or try to hinder me. But because you stuck with it, we was able to see it through to you. He is the one capable. He is the one capable of changing your life completely around. God is. What is luring? What is luring you today? What is latching on to you today? Is it worth the sleepless nights? Is it worth the tears in the morning? Only you can give thoughts power. God can send a thought through your mind, but it's only you that can give that thought power. The devil can send a thought through your mind, but it's only you to give that thought power by you actually entertaining it, by giving that thought seed, by giving that thought water, by giving that thought energy. As a man or woman thinketh in their heart, so is he. What are you thinking? Because you are the direct uh, image of your thoughts. Next activity I want you guys to work on for those who have their books, right? Take some time to do some research of your life and ask yourself what they could use in my life to have a reach into my life. Based on what I'm saying, the first box, your research. What in your life could they use against you? Just do your research, okay? If you had a, a, a lust habit back in the day, if you had ego problems, if you, have ang if you had anger problems, if you didn't really forgive your dad all the way, um, we're going to talk more about that. How you get rid of those thoughts? You got to understand the difference between what's vain and what's valid. What I do to help with me early on and what I do every now and then with my thoughts now is I write them on a sheet of paper, right? Or I do this. I get like a, uh, a T, the T, the T graph, and I put vain and I put valid. And when I, but I have the word of God with me. So if I'm thinking about something, I'm like, man, who I'm thinking, I'm, I'm really anxious about this job. What I do is I write my thought out or you can do this, write your thought out and go to the word of God and say, is this vain, V-A-I-N for vain or valid for valid, V-A-L-I-D, right? But you got to write a scripture that proves it is valid. And you got to write a, a scripture that counteracts that negative thought. That helps you cast down vain imagination because when you see, see, it's hard, it's hard to go past a thought when it's still in thought form. But when you make that thought on paper, when you write that thought on paper, now you can actually see the thought. And if you really wrote your thoughts out and wrote them out and then reread them, maybe a few minutes later or a few hours later, you'll be like, what in the world was I thinking? If you really wrote down the characteristics of that man, if you really wrote down the characteristics of that woman, you you would you would you would write yourself out of that relationship. You would write down you write down all the pros and cons. And you look at those cons and you look at the word of God and what does the word of God says about a man, a husband, and a wife or a woman. You would be like, you mean to tell me I almost entertain you? But what we do is we leave it in thought form. Nope, we leave it in thought form. Nope, because when you leave it up here. You can't really be able to rightly divide it. You won't be able to really see if it's vain or valid. But if you put it on paper and you write it out, you will be able to clearly see what the will of God is. <clears throat> but you can't just stop there. 
you got to also make sure you renew your mind about that. Forgive yourself, forgive your ex, forgive your dad, forgive your mom, forgive any emotional connection to something in the past that's, that's causing you to be insecurely attached to this thing. The reason why people can have the truth in plain sight, that this man is no good for them, this woman is no good for them, and it's in plain sight. The reason why they still entertain it because of some other emotional incident that still has an emotional wound inside that person. If you still have emotional wounds, that's like if I cut my arm and I keep poking it, keep poking it, that wound will remain flesh and then eventually become infected because I kept it open. But if I treat the wound like it was supposed to be treated and, and allow it to be a, a heal, then that will be a scar. Wounds and scars are two totally different things. Wounds means there was recent hurt. Scar means there was an old, there was a old hurt. And the reason why people are still attached to something that's no good for them is because they're still wounded. Healed people don't waste their time being attached to a hurt man or a hurt woman. A healed man ain't going to want to entertain a hurt woman. He ain't going to want to marry a hurt woman. A healed woman ain't going to want to marry a hurt man. We both got to be healed, boo-boo. I can't marry you and you still hurt by what Jimmy did to you and Johnny did to you. You can't still be, you. I can't be with you. You can't be with that man if he still hurt about what Susie did or we still got a porn addiction or she still got a, <clears throat> a, a loose tongue or she don't know how to control her words or her attitude. Come on now. Come on. What in your life could they be you that could use against you? Next box, they're a reach in. What did they use against you? What did they use to reach into your life? What did you receive? Did you accept what they used against you? If so, why? Next box, return to sender. What must you do to return what they sent back to them? Let's keep going because we're almost done. <clears throat> oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. Okay, we'll talk more about this next week. We're going to be on page 31, last paragraph after the activity next week. I've been going an hour and 20-something minutes, and uh, my wife is almost home from practice, so I, first things first. Um, so we'll, we'll go through pages 31 through 34 um, next Thursday, but I have some scriptures I want to kind of go over real quick. And for those who's watching this right now, you're like, man, I, I want some one-on-one -on -one coaching. This summer, I'm here for you. Come on, man. If you need me, I'm here. I just had my first coaching session for the summer today. I have a uh, 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 Saturday. I have about three or four. You see what I'm saying? Contact me at imunplugged.com forward slash uh, custom dash coaching. You sent your request to me? Okay, that's right. I got you. I'll make sure I get back to you. I have a lot of emails to get to. Hey, I want to help you this summer. I want to help you with these soul ties, these strongholds. I want to assist the Holy Spirit working your life. So go to imunplugged.com. Natasha, you sent me something? Okay, I'm going to check my email and get right back to you. Hey, get in there now um, because I only have two and a half months to do this. And, and I, I haven't put it on Instagram or, 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 or Facebook yet. I want the Unplugger community on YouTube. To be a part, if you haven't got your book and you want to be a part of this book club, get your book now on Amazon so you can be able to get the activities. I'm not printing out worksheets anymore for this series because the worksheets are actually in the book. And I want to help you this summer. 
Um, and I want to uh, help you guys process whatever you're going through. I have spiritual coaching, spiritual growth coaching, singleness coaching, how to maximize your singleness, relationship coaching, whether you're dating or married or per- parent to child coaching. I also have a uh, brand identity coaching, um, all those different things. Go to my website, IamUnplugged.com to learn more. Um, links in the description box below. Once this video is over and it reposts, there will be links in the description box below um, for you to be able to give, get involved, get me out to your city, uh, start a book club. You want me to do workshops? I love to serve you there. For the next, I mean, we, this book is thick. We got a long journey ahead of us. Long journey ahead of us. Let's look at some scriptures real quick, and I'm going to get out you guys' way. My email is my name. You responded just waiting on Okay, okay, I got you. I'll get those links to you um, as soon as possible tomorrow morning for sure. The Bible says in Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and what is acceptable and is perfect. In order for me to discern the will of God, to discern what's actually good for me and discern what is acceptable and perfect for me, I have to have a renewed mind. You're always going to accept what's bad for you. You're going to always accept imperfections. You're going to always accept what's not acceptable. You're always going to not, you're not going to be able to discern the will of God and pursue your own will if you're conformed to this world. But if you're transforming, your mind is being renewed, you will then know what the will of God is for your life. I'm so glad God is renewing my mind constantly because now the will of God becomes even more clear. Now I know what's the difference between what's good and God. And the only thing that's good for me is what God has for me. Now I know what to accept and what to reject. And I know what's perfect for me and not uh, um, uh, uh, a hindrance to me. Are you conforming or transforming? You either going in one or two directions. And those suggestions, the devil's suggestions will lead you to conform to his image. The seed from the word of God and the will of God and the wisdom of God is what would transform you because the seed is active. The word is active, sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is a seed. It will work if you let it work. Philippians 4, 8, we already read through that in the book. Isaiah 26, 3 is what I want to end on today. It says, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. It takes discipline to keep your mind on what's true, lovely, good, acceptable. It takes discipline to trust God. It's not easy to trust him because it's hard to trust something that you can't see. But don't you trust air that you can't see? You breathe it without any, without no think. And God is more real. God is more life-giving than the air you breathe. Just because you can't see him doesn't mean that he can't be felt. Just because you can't see him doesn't mean that he can't be seen. Just because you can't feel him doesn't mean that he can't be felt. Just because he, you know, whatever, doesn't mean that he's not. Just because you don't hear him audibly doesn't mean that he's not speaking. You keep him in perfect peace, not partial peace. But perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. If I meditate on the word day and night, will I not be proven to be his sons indeed? If I hide his word in my heart, will I not sin against him? These are principles that we have to be disciplined in. And we have, we may be in this series for 20, 40 weeks. We may be in this book club thing for 20 or 30 weeks because we can't even get page past page 23. And we ain't really got to the meat. But I love it. 
you God keeps them in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on him because he trusted you. Do you trust that he'll help you? Do you trust that he'll keep you? What are you entertaining? Is it the, the seed of God's word or the suggestions of the devil? What are you allowing to govern you, to bombard you? Listen, I know it's not easy. I know some of y'all right now, man, I can't get over this person. But I promise you, if you do the research, if you look at how the devil reached in and you really get into God's word, let it let it renew you, man, you will find yourself girded up. You'll find yourself strengthened in your most holy faith. The Bible says, build yourself up in your most, most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. You got to pray because the Holy Ghost knows how to strengthen your faith. I pray this has been a blessing to you. I love you all. I know you guys have been rocking with me. We, we peaked, I think we peaked at almost 70 something people. So we got 64 or 63 watching now. I want to say thank you guys so much for watching. If you've been blessed by this, make sure you go to the description box below after this video is over. Go to my website, IamUnplugged.com and, and, and get your resources, get your tools. If you want to give, you can give. Your giving will support uh, my adult coaching youth mentoring pro. We just finished our 10th week, but we, all, we, may, we may be coaching students, not through the summer, but we want to coach students and get prepared for the fall because there's middle schools that wants us ready and we need financial support to position us so that we can have the money that we need to be able to be in the elementary school that I work at and at the middle school to reach them. So we need your support to get ready now. I want to work on another book. I want to be able to get the resources and tools that they need so that we can be able to get balls like rolling, get feet running as soon as we start. Uh, youth mentoring programs, adult coaching programs, books, cards, resources, tools. Got two free courses, course on insecurity and a course on procrastination. They're free. Um, enjoy them. Um, um, I believe they will help you. Worksheets with those. Let me pray for you, and then I'm out your way. I'm going to go get me some mod pizza. Man, I'm about to get me some pizza, a little flatbread uh, fire toasted. Um, but I, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters that are with me on this journey. Lord, the truth will set us all free. Let us hunger and thirst after your righteousness and go to your word as the well that never runs dry. I pray, Father God, that they will find hope, but I pray their faith has been stirred and that they're ready to pursue you with all their might. And through the authority that's been given to me, I come against every demonic spirit that's coming against my brothers and sisters that's watching demons. You know my voice. You know who I stand for. You know who I believe in. You know that's faith backing us. I command you to stifle your suggestive, seductive talks. I command you to silence your voices now. The, the Holy Spirit will seal them. The, 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 the angels of God will surround them with the support they need, and they will be supported to full deliverance. In Jesus' name, the blood is against you. The will of God is against you. They will be strengthened. They will be made whole in Jesus' name. Father, I turn my attention back to you, giving you all the glory for that authority. And I thank the Lord that it will be manifested with fruit evident in their life. I pray that you keep them and sustain them. And Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Love you guys. Coach about to go eat. Thank you, Coach. You're welcome. God bless you and your wife. Thank you for that. Thank you, Josh. Continue on this path. Amen. Yes, one and all, little by little. That's right. Thank you, Coach. I just signed up. Sign up. Amen. Hallelujah. Love you and your family. Thank you so much. Hey, listen, you can get this one-on-one. -on -one. Ask the young man. That I, I can't give you his information. I coached this brother today. We had a great time on the phone. About to work on his worksheet tomorrow morning. Get it to him. Custom coaching, custom worksheet. It, no matter your budget, I'll find a way to help you. Do your best. I'm just saying, do your best, and I'm going to do my best. You know, some people give you $5, but they know they can do more. Do what you can, because 
your budget will determine how much I can give. I'm not sitting here. I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this because I know I got to I gotta support you guys with this, but it does take time. But I want to give you guys my best. I want to give you this energy. I want to give you the scriptures. I want to give you the support and accountability and the tools that you need to be successful. Because this is the halftime. The summer is the halftime. We have two more quarters to go. We still got fall and we still got winter. This is halftime. We now you with the coach. Well, we back in the we back in the uh um in the um locker room this this summer. Let's get halftime. So when you start August and September, October, November, and December, you ready to go. I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. I'll see you guys. Um, the, the good guys podcast coming out in the morning. Make sure you check it out. It's funny. We're talking about uh we're talking about what we're talking about. We're talking about um uh, the ice cream truck. We're talking about the top red flags uh, in relationships. We're talking about uh, one's got to go, which one's got to go, and all that good stuff. See you guys tomorrow on the Good Guys Podcast. Um, love you guys. Be blessed. Stay with the word, man. Stay with God. Trust me. He's faithful. Stick with him. Love you guys. Be blessed.